Welcome to The Changemakers by Food Niche, a podcast that stories and insights of visionaries tackling some of the biggest challenges facing our food system. On this podcast, you will find interviews with innovators, scientists, advocates, policymakers, educators, and many more, all united by a common objective. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and challenged. Now join the show host, Dr. Julia Oleandro. In the past few years, technology has made it very easy for people to learn more about food and how it affects their health, helping people learn simple yet practical ways to optimize health through nutrition. On this episode, we'll be diving deep into how different technology tools are being leveraged daily to help people live healthier lives. Our very special guest today is Victor Penev. He is an innovator and the founder at Edaman, a food technology company that provides nutrition solution to businesses in food and health. Prior to Edaman, Victor has built and sold a company is also an active investor. Welcome, Victor. It's great to have you. Great to be here. Great. So we'll get started right away. Um, you've um, you've built some Edaman and um, you've been adding value to the food uh, community for a while now. Tell us briefly about yourself. What led you to start the company? Um, What's your story? Share with our audience. Uh, it's, it's a very simple story. I, I love yeah. food. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I've been probably cooking for about 30 years now every day. And um, when I sold my last company, I was looking for something new to start. And uh, you know, it, it kind of came naturally to me that I should do something around food because uh, this is uh, something I think about every day, four or five hours. Uh, and the other thing is technology. So combining food and technology was the obvious thing. Uh, and then I spent a little bit of time thinking, you know, what what are the big problems we can solve with technology and food? And um, and it, it became apparent over uh, a little bit of time that organizing the world's food knowledge is is something that we can uh, definitely tackle because people want to know what they should eat, and the information is very disorganized, contradictory all over the place missing. Uh, and so that was the kind of the, the task, the mission that I took on. Let's organize the world's food knowledge. Let's give it back to people so they can make the right food choices and live uh, long and healthy lives. That's great. That's really great. And and with um, Edaman, I, of course, you have a, um, a number of functionalities that you provide to food companies. You're directly serving um, companies B2B. You're not directly going to the consumers. Is that correct? Yeah, we did start as a uh, B2C company, uh, but we quickly found that uh, uh, A, there is not that much of a business model there, and B, uh, businesses is really where um, we can have the most impact uh, because people do make decisions about food when they shop for food, when they order food, when they talk to their dietitians. Uh, so we wanted to meet people at those points. Uh, so uh, our goal is now to become kind of the nutrition data engine behind every food, health, and wellness business. Uh, wherever people make decisions, whether in the grocery store, in the restaurant, uh, corporate wellness sites, wherever they are, we want to meet them there. So that's why B2B. Okay. And when you say you want to help them make decisions, what kind of decisions are you helping them to make? What kind of information are you providing for them? And why is this crucial? 
Uh, well, the, the basic decision is the answer to the question, what should I eat? Uh, right, and, and, and oftentimes this is dictated by things like price and convenience and time of day and whatnot, but we want to get in the mix health and nutrition information because we do believe that making the right food choices can prevent disease, uh, extend your health span, um, can be very beneficial to your health overall uh, and your well-being. So um, the information that we do uh, on which our recommendations are based uh, and what we try to help people is around nutrition. And now it's limited to the nutrition information that um, is generally available and accepted, such as macronutrients, micronutrients, allergens, and food diets, and so on and so forth. Um, so we can we can recommend somebody you know low sodium, no sugar added, uh, something with particular elements of fat and protein and, and so on and so forth. Uh, down the road, we obviously have a much more ambitious plan to uh, eventually partner with universities, primary research, and investigate every single molecule that's contained in foods. Uh, understand how those molecules impact the microbiome. How, what are the bio, biochemical pathways in the body uh, that uh, result in particular, for example, gene expression or the way they impact your health and, and well-being uh, and, and eventually organize all that knowledge so that we can start making recommendations on a much more granular level uh, in a much more uh, personalized level. Uh, but for now, it's the basic macro micronutrients uh, with lots of recipes, restaurant foods, uh, and just that people can buy in the in the store interesting that's absolutely interesting because um what you just talked about the pathway uh, uh the the molecular pathway that food compounds in food interact with is something i've studied for uh, a few years now and it's something that's really really interesting and of course a lot of investigators are working on this uh, to expand our knowledge of how food interacts with our body to impact health. Because the more we know, the more we can uh, make recommendations to people and help them either delay the onset of disease altogether or even um, manage it better based on the food choices they make. So definitely um, that is um, something very, very uh, interesting. So moving right along to the concept of food, we, we've talked a bit about what you do and how you're helping people make informed decisions on what they eat every day. But why is this important? Why should people care? Uh, why should people Why should people want to learn more about their food choices? And why is this important? Well, <laughs> it's important uh, self-evidently because people think about food at least two or three times a day. So I don't know, even, even people that fast and go intermittent fasting or skip a day or two, they're thinking about food. So the obvious is, yes, you are going to eat. The question is, what should I eat? So that's, that's the, uh, the self-evident reason why it's important. Uh, but the, the underlying reason why we do what we do is that we do believe that food is the ultimate medicine and that you what you intake in your body can really impact um, the way uh, your health is you know prevent disease cure disease um, and, and so on and so forth so we can we all, we believe that people can live up to 120 years without chronic conditions without mental illness and that food is a very major part of solving that problem yeah. why is that important well if you have a long healthy life uh, it's it's uh, something that i think most people strive towards you know fewer the ones that want to burn the candle 
both ends and uh, go go out in a blaze of glory. You know, most people kind of want to want to live a long, healthy life. So that's uh, that's what we want to empower. You know, how how to help people live those long, healthy lives. Definitely, and interestingly, with um, things that have happened in the past few months, um, not only in this country around the world, a lot of people are more mindful of what they can do, what they can do to enhance their day-to-day life, also optimize their overall wellness through nutrition. You see people searching for uh, specific food types to boost their immune health, to support their immune health, to support their microbiome, support just, people are just looking for information, mainly because they know how important food is to overall well-being, And they know that's something they can control. You can't control uh, the, your genetic makeup. It's already there. Um, it's something you inherited, um, but you can control what you eat. And of course, genetics and environment is what really um, shape our overall, our overall outcomes. So controlling that environmental component is definitely a very crucial one. Thanks for sharing uh, your perspective on that. So I want us to move a little bit um, over to talk about some of the challenges we have in our community today that are related to food and health and how we're leveraging technology to tackle these issues. There are a number of technology in the food space and food health and wellness space that is really making it um, very easy for people uh, to live healthier lives by either learning more about their body or learning more about food, like um, some of the tools for your clients, or even learning more about um, how to easily bring nourishing produce to the table every single day. There are different, different tools out there. And the beautiful thing about the food industry today is that people are collaborating more. People are, are, are working together. You see some people, people like you, building hubs that other businesses can use to serve their customers. There are people that are building tools that are making it easier for farmers to get fresh produce to consumers. There's just many innovation in the space that some people are not even aware it exists. And I was wondering, as a, an innovator in the tech space, if you could share with our audience today some of the innovative ways um, engineers and innovators like you are helping consumers put nourishing meals on the table every single day. Oh God, uh, that's such a broad spectrum. I mean, right. Food and, and, and health uh, and technology are humongous industries on their own. So there's uh, a lot of innovation happening from uh, the entire supply chain from how the food is grown um, the health of the soil, regenerative agriculture, vertical farming, alternative ingredients, um, whether it's cell-based protein or um, uh, vegan meat, uh, so on and so forth. There's all of this is technology. And then there's, of course, the delivery uh, of food, which uh, shortens the time from the farm to the table. Uh, whether it's uh, drones delivering it or robots picking it uh, or uh, any any such technologies, there are smart appliances that are appearing in the kitchens that are starting to educate you how to, how to cook. So all those are technologies that are constantly shaping and all those are different companies that are working towards it. Um, and then of course in the health spectrum is uh, tracking wearables, um, real-time biochemical analysis uh, of blood, uh, genetic testing, microbiome testing, 
personalization based on that. Those are also technologies that a lot of technology companies are working on. Um, so it, it is a truly, truly broad spectrum. There is a ton of companies working in every segment to help bring the future forward, uh, closer to us. So um, it, I don't know how to answer that question in, kind of in, in one right. sentence. So oh, sure, maybe sure. We can pick, maybe we can pick, <laughs> pick one segment I can talk a little bit more okay. about it. Definitely. Let, okay, let's start with uh, farm. So let's talk about some of um, some of those technology that makes it easy for people to get fresh produce um, uh, to or farmers to get fresh produce to consumers, or making it easy for consumers to know where their food is coming from. Educating consumers about where their food is coming from. That is one segment. Of course, I know there's a lot going on from farm to fork, there's a lot we can talk about, but we can start from that angle of what's going on um, in that industry and how consumers are being informed about what they're eating. In terms of this, I mean, what is driving transparency in that space and education as well? Uh, yeah, so the, the short answer is consumers are not being informed very well right now. Um, you know, there is not that much information that really shows where the food is coming from, when it was picked, what is the quality of the nutrients, and, and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of efforts being done. Uh, some of it is coming through consumer demands. People are demanding to know where the food is coming from. Uh, some of it is um, uh, awareness around, for example, carbon footprint, uh, land and water use. Some of it is government regulation, uh, but it's limited, mostly in the European Union, um, it, it's seen. And, and then the most innovative companies in that space are actually in the European Union. There's in Denmark, there's already um, live projects that you can go uh, in the grocery store, scan with the QR code, the, the food, and you will see the exact path that the food has traveled, which farm it was picked from, how it was packaged. There'll be a story there telling you all that. So ultimately, that's the future we're building towards. And I think part of it is integrating the entire supply chain with technology to track the food. Um, blockchain would be a very important technology in that space because uh, it builds trust. Uh, and you can immutably record when a tomato was taken, what was you know the soil condition and the sun exposure and the nutrient content of that tomato. Then you can track that tomato to you know a processing plant, for example, and you know it be made into tomato sauce. Then you know combine that with a pasta that was grown uh, in uh, you know the the wheat was growing in a particular uh, area, and you can kind of combine and see what the actual food composition is, what the nutrient is that that comes to you. Uh, right now, all of this is rudimentary. Uh, you know, we have kind of general uh, knowledge about the, the nutrient content of tomatoes or, or pasta, uh, and we can provide some information about that. Um, and I think the information that now is being provided is more to educate people, you know, what is healthy versus not healthy compared to uh, what people normally eat. And there's basic straightforward um, things, you know, just organic food is better than non-organic food, you know, and that's, that's obviously something that that has certification process and it's on the package. Um, uh, but getting to the nitty gritty of truly informing the individual, there's a lot to be done there in terms of uh, technologies on the farm, in the distribution, in the processing, and then uh, actually retailing the food as well. Uh, and uh, I believe blockchain is going to be a very, very important technology there to be implemented uh, when everything is in place.
Right, right. I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of technology available for um, for farmers to do what they need to do, for manufacturers to do what they need to do. But um, in terms of um, technology that informs the consumer about what they're eating, what they're buying, where it's uh, coming from, what it's be, where it's being produced, what it's been through, and just uh, making the entire supply chain very transparent to the consumer, there's still a room for development in that area. And the truth is, um, today, the consumer today is very different from the way uh, we were a few years back because people are more curious. They want to know exactly where their food is going, coming from, what they're eating, why they should be buying this. People are hungry for information. And the fact that we're highly connected, there's so much um, technology making it easy for people to share information. People are readily reading about all this. They're reading about the not so good information out there and they're eager for good information about what they're eating. So for instance, there are a lot of ambiguity when it comes to um, food production in terms of organic and inorganic. Why is this one better? Why is this one um, desirable or more desirable? And these are some of the things that we can improve by leveraging technology to enhance transparency. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you that there's still uh, room for innovation. There's room for improvement uh, in that space. We'll move right along and talk a little bit about a COVID-19 pandemic that we've experienced in the past um, 15 months and how it has accelerated innovation uh, in the food space, especially. Of course, in, in many areas, but uh, we'll, since we focus on food, we'll talk about how this has affected uh, the food industry, food delivery, people's use of technology as a whole to shop for food. How, how do you think uh, we can enhance this process to further educate people about food. Um, people depend more on technology today than uh, they did two years ago before we had uh, the pandemic. So I'll, I see it as an opportunity. I see that as an opportunity. And I think um, we can leverage this new interest and this new convenience that it brings to um, educate people about food and health. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what has happened really uh, during the pandemic is that uh, it, it opened a window to do behavior change, right? Mm. People, uh, instead of going to the grocery store, they started shopping online, which opened up a, a, a different window of products that they can explore, right? If they bought the same brand over and over again, now they have ability to compare based on price based on convenience and so on and so forth. Uh, all this is to say people are open to change. And when people are open to change, you can change behavior and you can improve health outcomes. Uh, and this is, uh, this is where the opportunity lies. Uh, and what has happened simultaneously, and that, that's not caused by the pandemic, it started before that, but a lot of new innovative companies are coming up with health products. Um, whether it's you know better bars, you know the RX bar, for ingredients and no BS uh, type of thing to, uh, you know, alternative proteins, um, plant-based have become really a trend uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, with that in the background and the ability to select food and be delivered to you uh, in a very convenient, fast way and, and people experimenting, I think that the, the change we're going to see is that uh, um, 
behaviors, the behaviors that have changed over the pandemic are going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are going to select a lot more healthy choices going forward. And it's already been seen because the traditional brands, while they, while they had a very, very good pandemic, you know, the Campbell's and the Crafts of the world and whatnot, because people went back to familiar, uh, the long-term trend is that uh, a lot of the new brands are starting to eat into their market share. And people mm-hmm. are starting to buy those new brands that are better for you, healthier, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, I think the pandemic did that. You know, it, it changed the shopping behavior and the exploration of brands and products behavior for people. And, and there, there's going to be a shift um, altogether. Uh, not to be underestimated, but a lot of it is driven by millennials and, and Gen Z, uh, people that are definitely a lot more concerned about food than, than their parents and grandparents. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I think uh, that's definitely something we look to. It's worth looking forward to. And you know, the interesting thing is, um, even in other areas as well, uh, a lot of people feel more conv- um, feel more comfortable with some of the changes we've made during the pandemic and not ready to go back to the way it was before. For instance, people working remotely um, is something that. A lot of people don't want to change anymore. So I, I really believe that the convenience that technology brings to shopping and um, uh, food ap- approach to food overall is uh, will be lasting. Will be a lasting one. It's not something people will be willing to do away with anytime soon. And uh, it's exciting, and we look forward to more innovation in that space. Definitely. Let's talk briefly about inner cities and communities um, suffering with food insecurity. Um, you know, of course, with pandemic introducing a new um, enhanced uh, futures in food delivery and uh, leveraging technology to bring accessibility uh, to people. Do you, what do you think about this as an approach to tackle the problem of uh, insecurity, food insecurity in inner cities and also tackling the problem of poor nutrition generally in underserved communities? Yeah, uh, I think, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the United States here um, sure. because I'm, I'm more familiar about that, but uh, it has definitely uh, opened a huge opportunity. Mm. Uh, a, because, um, you know, the government has put more money into the hands of people, but B, because a lot of health and technology companies are starting to wake up to the fact that um, if we, the, the so-called social determinants of health, if we um, feed people better, they will get less often sick, uh, will not have to admit them in hospitals, will reduce the um, uh, incidence of chronic condition, chronic disease, obesity, mm-hmm. diabetes, cancer, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's concentrated a lot of minds. And, and so there are innovative solutions. For example, Uber and Lyft famously starting to deliver food to uh, food deserts, uh, you know, you know, places where people within six or 10 miles don't have anything other than a gas station to buy groceries. Um, and the fact that um, that is something that uh, can be subsidized uh, by a health company or by government paying the, um, the in this case, the, the food delivery company, uh, that is going to make a huge impact. Uh, the other thing is that um, some of the health companies are starting to, uh, to think very innovatively about uh, food prescriptions, being able to be reimbursed for buying food. Um, so if you uh, say a type two diabetic and um, you know, your doctor says, this is you know, 10 recipes you should eat, 
um, and this is the shopping list for it. If you go and actually buy the groceries, uh, then you will be able eligible to be reimbursed for those groceries. So prescription um, is, is something that uh, companies and municipalities are starting to experiment with. And I think that's going to change quite a bit because obviously that puts money back in the pocket of people for buying groceries and that can shift behaviors. Uh, then the, the other thing that happened in the pandemic is that food banks have done actually a lot of innovation and they're serving the kind of the your uh, inner city food deserts places and in food banks uh, a have seen an outpouring of, of aid and help but they're also starting to experiment with direct from farm boxes uh, with high quality uh, organic food that's been delivered um, you know they, they've stepped away from the oh it has to be packaged with a sell by date and in order for us to accept it so they accept actual groceries and fresh produce and so on and so forth. Uh, and, and they've become better at distributing the food. So innovation in all those three areas, delivery, food banks, uh, health companies, uh, I think are going to shift quite a bit, Danilo. It's gonna take time. It's not gonna to be tomorrow because obviously you need to change behavior and habits. And, and, and uh, the difficult situation that a lot of people live in where they cannot buy food, they don't have the money to, to buy food, um, or, uh, or other reasons why they, they're just exposed to that insecurity um, are going to change, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, but all those things that I mentioned are pointing in the direction this is happening already. Right. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's true. And you know, when we spend um, more than $140 billion to um, tackle medical challenges that arise from obesity and all the um, um, health challenges it predisposes people to. It's time to start thinking of how to handle this problem and help people just live healthier lives. So to your point, yeah, there are a number of um, infrastructure in place already that is um, um, addressing this concern. And of course, there are a number of nonprofits as well that are really going into this inner cities to see how to tackle uh, the issue, and uh, looking forward to to seeing change, to to seeing um, a more robust and a more effective, well streamlined um, process to addressing the concerns in these communities in the coming years. <clears throat> One of the things I saw with with COVID is that a lot of people that were predisposed uh, to hospitalization and in some cases mortality due to COVID, where people that were suffering from um, that were yeah, suffering from obesity and other uh, risk factors that it predisposes people to. So uh, it, it's, it's good to see that a lot of um, effort is going in the direction of tackling some of those issues in our communities. Before we wrap things up, I want to get your thoughts on the future of food, food tech, food as a whole. What do you see? What do you envision? What are your hopes for the future? Uh, well, the future I'm working towards, and, and, and I believe everybody in this industry is working towards, is kind of a future where um, we produce enough good, high-quality food for everybody on the planet, mm -hmm. that uh, there are no people left behind. Everybody has good, high-quality food to, to, to put on their table, uh, you know, uh, three or as many times a day they need to. Um, and, and that is a lot of... Um, 
technology that can help around food waste, um, better manufacturing distribution, uh, production of food, regenerative agriculture, and so on and so forth. And then the other thing that's very interesting is that uh, technology is developing in such a fast like, that we'll be able to do true personal personalization in real time uh, in probably three to five decades, which means that we'll know for everyone, um, you know, their blood chemistry in real time. What's happening there? Are they, you know, lacking chromium or magnesium? Um, are they having a spike in glucose, uh, whatever it is? Um, how is that impacting their microbiome? We will know what's going on with their microbiome because it's continuously being tested. Um, and then um, being able to deliver in, in real time convenient food that is either close by and cheap uh, and, and convenient healthy food. So it's, it's cheaper than you know, eating a Big Mac uh, or you know, Happy Meal. Uh, to, to have uh, a very healthy salad that is delicious. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the future that I'm envisioning that all those technologies are gonna get combined so that people are gonna get cheap, high quality foods all the time and that's really personalized and that will extend health span. So everybody on the planet is gonna live at least 120. That's great. That's really great. Thank you so much, Victor, for making time to connect and share your thoughts uh, with our audience today. Really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to connecting with you again sometime soon. Okay, I'll just... Uh... Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'd like to share a very important tool that makes it very easy for me to prepare this podcast every single episode with you. And that tool is a platform called Anchor. Anchor is a platform created by Spotify, which makes it very easy to record edit, merge, insert music into your audio, and just prepare everything you need for each of your episodes. It also makes it easy for you to work with your team as well. They could prepare the files for you and you upload easily or they upload for you. Whatever you want to do with preparing for and broadcasting your podcast, Anchor makes it easy. So check it out. It's free to create your account. And I also want to add this as a sponsored segment. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And until the next time we bring another exceptional leader your way, stay in touch with us on all social media platforms. Find details in the show notes.